Have you ever wondered if you had what it takes to track down a killer? If so, then why not head over to killertrace.com forward slash trains talk podcast 2088, where you can subscribe to see if you can track down a serial killer. Killer Trace is a monthly subscription-based box where you'll receive a case file, crime scene pictures, and evidence for further analysis. What sets Killer Trace apart from similar products is its unique case management system, where you can send and request virtual evidence and DNA testing. Even discuss your case with other Killer Trace members to track down the killer. Again, that's KillerTrace.com forward slash Strange Talk Podcast 2088. Use my URL code, which you can find in the episode description. Welcome to Strange Talk. Durham 911, where's your emergency? I don't know. You gotta use a GPS tracker. I just can't do both of my dogs. Alright. The man in this phone call is Alan Lassiter. Just a little after 9 p.m., Lassiter pulls up to an apartment complex that is near a lake. He then tells his two daughters and one son to get out of the car. Alan then heads to the trunk and begins to tie them up. Alan's seven-year-old son is able to break free from his ropes and runs to the nearby apartments for help. During this time, Alan takes his two daughters and throws them into the lake. Their ages were five and three. Alan watches them as they drown. Whether it's because his son ran to get help or he feels some remorse over what he's just done, he calls 911. Okay, what's your... We gotta use the tracker. CPS was trying to take my kids away from me. All I did was try to go get help because I was dealing with some pedophilic things. Okay. Okay, are you on the phone right now? I was dealing with some sexual disasters I tried to go get help with. Alan's reasons for throwing his daughters into the lake was because he was having sexual thoughts and desires for his daughters and sought help by going to Child Protective Services. After Lassiter visited CPS, they conducted an investigation and a psychiatric evaluation on Lassiter, and they determined that he was unfit to be near or around children. The CPS also stated that his wife would have to either move away or kick Lassiter out of their current home. Surprisingly, Ashley Lassiter Alan's wife had previously tried to get a restraining order against Alan on the basis that she noticed Alan's behavior towards their daughters. Alan even confessed to having sexual desires towards them to Ashley. After Ashley and Alan attended their court date, about a week later, Ashley dropped the restraining order because Alan convinced her that he would seek help in trying to stop his pedophilic thoughts. So Ashley, against CPS orders, decided to marry Alan through court. CPS got wind of the marriage and wanted to take away Ashley and Alan's children. They were to meet with them a day before Alan decided to throw them into the lake. Alan felt that CPS would help with his pedophilic thoughts and desires, but apparently he did not like the outcome. He blamed CPS for his actions, saying that if a man comes to them needing help, they should help him and not take away their kids. But instead, they turned their back on me, the whole system, and tried to take my kids. 
and I, that took the rest of the little happiness that I had. When y'all take this and y'all love for me, when somebody asks for help, really help them, okay? Okay, so what? Really help them. Let me get your business. Because y'all didn't help me. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know. Use the GPS on the phone. Okay. I need somebody to go and break the news for my wife. I need an ambulance out there. She's gonna be in shock. Okay, where's your? She's gonna be in shock. She's she's in Raleigh. I'm in Durham right now. Okay, your wife's in Raleigh. Yes. What's your wife's phone number? Uh, I don't know it right now. I just need the police. My daughter is in a lake drowning. Look for my young daughter, five to three years old. What lake? What lake? Gonna get help? You blame CPS for this. You blame CPS. These motherfuckers are scum. They try to take people kids over dumb shit. And this is what you get. All I wanted was help. Ever since I tried to go get help, my, my problem got a hundred times worse. It wasn't there for me. Nobody was there for me. I prayed countless times. Everything. Nobody gave me help, man. Nobody helped me. At this time, the manager of the nearby apartments pulls up to Alan and offers some help. Alan does not tell her what he's done right away. He says he needs help in finding his seven-year-old son who has been kidnapped. This exchange is not in the call. It was later told by the manager of the apartments to the media. Eventually, Alan confesses to what he's done, and the manager in shock is told by Alan that the 911 operator wishes to speak with her. Oh, there's somebody driving up. Okay, hold on just a second. Okay. Excuse me. Okay, so are you in a car? Y'all found my son. You don't want to know. I'm on the phone with the police. What's the name of these apartments? Audubon Apartments. I just drowned my two doors in the lake back there. I just drowned my two doors in the lake back there. Five and three years old. They don't. Can I talk to her? The CPS one. They take them away from me. Can you give the phone to her? Here goes the phone. Nine one one want to talk to you. Hello. Yes, I'm trying to get the address of where he is right now. I know. He's yes, I'm right now. I'm at, I'm at Clearwater. I'm actually the and um, I've got Deputy Earp on his way also, who is here. Prior to heading towards Allen, the manager had called a resident of the apartments, who is a deputy, to come and help. Deputy David Earp was off duty and relaxing in his apartment when the manager called him and asked if he could come down and help her with Allen. Unaware of what Allen has done to his kids, Deputy Earp headed towards the lake, and as soon as he got close to the lake, he could hear Allen's kids screaming and begging for help. Earp immediately threw his equipment down and jumped in the lake to save the kids. David was able to pull both of Alan's daughters out of the lake and began performing CPR on the youngest who was not moving, all while Alan stood there smoking a cigarette. Here's Deputy Earp's recount of the event. Just kind of shocked. When I first walked up, I, I heard a baby crying and I thought to myself, what in the world is going on? One kid above water, 
crying and then I saw another one who was completely submerged in water. So I dropped some of my equipment and I immediately just ran in. We worked on her for, it felt like a good 15 or 20 minutes or so. And they, they put her on the stretcher and uh, took her off to the hospital. Allen's five and three-year-old daughter were rushed to the hospital. The five-year-old survived the ordeal, but unfortunately, the three-year-old would die three days after the event. Allen's seven-year-old son was found later in an apartment with a mother calling 911. Allen was taken to jail and later after a court hearing was charged with three counts of attempted murder and neglect and sentenced to 50 years in prison. After Allen's court hearing, local news media interviewed Allen's brother, Bobby Lassiter. In the interview, Bobby gives his opinion on the matter. He seems out of it, holding back tears as he speaks. He believes that CPS are partly to blame for his brother's actions, because Alan was actively trying to seek help, and in Bobby's words, his brother Alan had voluntarily admitted himself into a mental hospital, and was released three days later, against Alan's wishes because he did not have health insurance. Bobby claims that his brother pleaded with the mental hospital that he does not want to leave because of his mental state. Here's a bit of the interview with Bobby Lassiter. I want to get his attention so he can see that, you know, I'm there for him. Even though he did some messed up stuff. But at the same time, you know, I want to see that he got a brother that's there, there for him. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be there for him to think and think. I feel, I feel like, you know, that, you know, it's just that, you know, he, he not in his, this by himself, you know. It's two sides to a story. You know, anytime somebody do a crime and the other person, you know, on the, on the other side, whether they're the victim or the victor, you know, a lot of times it's two sides to a story. Legally, CPS um, advised him, suggested him, court ordered him that he didn't suppose to be around those kids, you know. But, you know, his wife supposedly that they you know somebody that, that they you know actually cared about him, allowed him to come around, you know, while she go to work, you know. He he convinced them that he wanted to stay down there. He wanted to stay there. He didn't want to leave. When I went in there, he just like, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wanna stay longer, man. I need myself no, I need to get myself together, man. I need help. I wanna stay in here. Why did he they did make not, him leave? He did not wanna get out of there, period. Not not saying period, but he just didn't want to be out of there in a certain time. He wanted he wanted he wanted to be in there a longer time so he could I don't know because it was insurance. I think it was because of insurance purposes. I mean I asked a lot of questions, so I go into depth, you know what I'm saying? So I asked him I was talking I was talking to all the other people, like the people that work there, you know what I mean? I was asking them like questions and stuff. And I know he didn't have insurance. So, you know, a lot of times we don't have health insurance and stuff like that. They don't, they don't wanna, you know what I'm saying, allow you to sit in there. You know what I'm saying? So you because think it's like a breakdown of the system? I or? feel like it's a breakdown of the system. I really do. I hope the whole world see this, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like 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 he, he do have some type of point. Alden's five and three year old daughter were rushed to the hospital. The five-year-old survived the ordeal, but unfortunately, the three-year-old would die three days after the event. Alan's seven-year-old son was found later in an apartment with a mother calling 911. Alan was taken to jail and later after a court hearing was charged with three counts of attempted murder and neglect and sentenced to 50 years in prison. I know what you're thinking. Where was Alan's wife throughout all of this? Alan's wife Ashley was at work that night. Alan threw his two daughters into the lake, unaware of what transpired. Ashley was aware of what CPS had ordered Alan to do, but despite this, she would still go through with marrying Alan. 
In an interview with a local newspaper, she said that she was well aware of what her husband was going through and that CPS did in fact allow her husband, Alan, supervised visits with her and the children. When questioned as to why she dropped the restraining order, she said that even though he was dealing with his mental state, he was trying to get help. And regardless, he's still the father of our children. And I know that deep in my heart, he would not act on his horrible thoughts. Ashley also said that she made Alan move out and that he was living in an apartment, but because she let Alan have the kids one night without any supervision, that night would be the night that Alan would throw his kids into the lake. I know most of you who are listening to this are shocked, angered, and just confused to Ashley's decision. We'd be happy to know that Ashley did not get off the hook, however. That interview was conducted after her court hearing, where she was charged with two counts of child endangerment and neglect, and faces prison time. Originally, the state wanted Alan to face the death penalty. Alan now sits in his prison cell, wishing he could change what he had done. He says that it's not easy for him to sleep at night, because his daughter is no longer living. This case brought a lot of controversy, especially when it came to Ashley and the decisions she made. Many were quick to give their opinion on social media, most siding with Child Protective Services. Some also sided with Lassiter, saying that even though he is sick mentally, he was trying to get help, but that the kids should have been taken away still. For me personally, I do think that there needs to be more help when it comes to mental health issues, but honestly, Alan Lassiter shouldn't have thrown his kids into the lake. If he truly wanted to get the help, he would have just listened to CPS and just gone through with what they wanted. But because of his actions, a three-year-old girl just starting life is gone. Parents are supposed to be protectors. Sure, we're not perfect in any sense of the word, but we shouldn't put our children in any danger. So that was the episode, Alan Lassiter, uh, the guy drowned, well, attempted to drown his kids. He got away with drowning one kid. Well, technically, is it drowning? I don't think it is because she died later, three days later after that night in the hospital. Um, so he was charged with that. The mother was also charged. The mother's just on a whole different story. I get it. Love, you know, she loved him despite his flaws, even though they were very... <laughs> like bad fucking flaws um you know but it, it's just very sad I, I just feel more like i can't even imagine like what his brother is going through knowing that his brother was probably well he is obviously a pedophile and i can't imagine what it must be like to you know to be like that you know to have a brother knowing you know but he still was there for his brother despite so i guess you know family love sometimes is is strong I, I i would say but i can't imagine just being in that situation knowing what your brother has done and the fact that your niece is gone and she was only three years old man that's so sad i have a daughter who's gonna be two in december and it's just i can't imagine doing something like that to a child like let alone endanger her um so this episode when i was doing the research it kind of pissed me off it kind of got to me a little bit and you know, because as somebody who has a child, you don't want anything to happen to your kids. You know, I think about it sometimes like it, it, you know, it's scary because we live in a world where something like this can happen. But that's why, you know, you have to be the type of 
person that can you know go to children and you want your children to do the same go to you so i just hope that once my daughter starts getting more aware and she's older we'll be able to have that type of relationship where she'll be able to come to me and talk to me about certain problems she has or something she's facing and i really do hope that you know i will do that for her but you know, it's just a sad thing just to see what he did because, like I said in the closing statements of the episode, that if he truly wanted the help, if he truly wanted to get help, he would have just, you know, just gone through with what CPS ordered him, even if it meant that being supervised, even if it meant that, because obviously CPS determined that he was unfit to be with his children, that he was a danger to them. And for good reasons, obviously. He even admitted to himself he was having pedophilic thoughts and sexual desires towards his own daughters. So obviously you shouldn't be around them. Maybe one day in the future he'll be able to be around them. But it's not like he wasn't gonna be out of their it's not like he was gonna be out of their lives entirely. He would have been there with them, it just under different circumstances. And obviously not the one that you want, but if you truly wanted to, you would have just stuck to it. And I know I don't know him on a personal level as much as his brother does. But I still strongly feel that if he truly wanted to help his himself and you know get the help that he needed, he would have just gone through it. But I felt like he is a coward because instead of taking the lives of his daughters, even though he took one life, he should have just probably taken his own. You know, if, if it was that bad, if it was at the point where you felt it was necessary for you to do that to your own kids, bite a fucking bullet. It may be mean, it may be harsh, you know, but bite a fucking bullet. You know, hurt yourself. Don't hurt an innocent child. She, you know, you're supposed to protect them. You're not supposed to hurt them. But that's like another issue too, I feel. I, I do partly feel that maybe it has to do with the government's assistance when it comes to mental health. But I feel like mental health is like a huge issue. Especially in today's world, it's probably always been, but we've all we've always had this mentality that men should be tough. We shouldn't we shouldn't show our emotions. We shouldn't even speak about anything that's going on with us. We should just keep quiet because we're supposed to be tough. We're supposed to be like a rock, hard as stone. But I feel like that's bullshit. You know, we we all struggle with things. It may not be at the level that Alan was going through, but we all do struggle with whether it's depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia. We all go through things. But it, it, it comes to us, we have to take the initiative to get the help. And maybe he did, maybe he truly did. Like his brother said and he said himself, he went. And sometimes it, it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't work out where the hospitals wanna help you because they're just human just as much as we are. But unfortunately, my whole thing is just that little girl lost her life. Strange Talk is a weekly podcast dedicated to all things strange. If you'd like to reach me with a topic you'd like me to discuss, why not follow me on Instagram at Strange Talk Podcast or send me an email at strangetalkpodcast at outlook.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And as always, stay strange. <laughs>